In this episode of The Full Nerd, NVIDIA's new graphics card that you can't buy, Asus blames AMD for its high-temperature graphics cards, and Adam's looking for a graphics card that he doesn't want to put in a PC. Hello, uh, welcome to the Full Nerd episode, I believe, 126. Uh, Gordon couldn't make it today, so great. Uh, <laughs> I'm Brad Charkis. <laughs> Again, this is, I should have probably looked at all this stuff before we started. I'm Brad Charkis. I'm here with Elena Yee. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, controlling the vertical and the horizontals with, uh, with Willis. Willis is uh, back uh, after an extended vacation. Uh, he's feeling good. He's, he's ready to help me out again. Still no mic. <laughs> Still no mic. He's not allowed on the mic yet. Uh, That's okay. Yeah, he need, uh, not until Shove he builds his first way. PC did we give him a mic. Oh, uh, is, that, is that the way we do it around here? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All I'm right. Not, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Swayze in the YouTube chat says, tell Gordon that Brad's doing the intro from now on. one take yeah every time you did really good (laughs) uh yeah well welcome back from the extended vacation uh over which nvidia announced a new gpu right yeah but uh you can't buy it so interesting and yeah when you do the math it comes out to you wondering if you have to actually split one in half Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So so this weekend, NVIDIA announced, after teasing it at first uh, over Twitter, a new RTX 2080 Ti Cyberpunk 2077 edition. Uh, It's basically their 2080 Ti Founders Edition, all done up in Cyberpunk yellow. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 being the hot new game coming out this year uh, from the makers of The Witcher, CD Projekt Red, has Keanu Reeves in it. Most mind-blowing E3 demo we've ever seen, uh, and it's going to support real-time ray tracing and other cutting-edge PC effects like that on the PC. And I'm going to throw so, a, a nice little photo of it on the screen for those who haven't seen. Yeah, it it's is real pretty. Oh, it is real it's, nice. It's real pretty. I like it. It's, uh, you know, since I cover technology companies, I never put in for contests for things like that. This is one of the few that makes me go, man, I wish I could try to get in on this because you can't actually buy it uh you can only win it they only made fewer than 200 of them uh and 77 of them they're giving away uh so basically you got to go look up a specific nvidia geforce tweet uh retweet it and then leave a comment that tags a friend in it and uses a specific hashtag and if they pick you then you and your friend both win one which kind of broke my brain a little bit because they say they're giving away 77 of them, presumably because it's Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, but if they're giving two of them away at a time, I I, I didn't want to get into the math. It's a long weekend. is the equivalent of Monday for me. But yeah, so some 77 pairs or something. Are gonna, oh, it's 77 seven, pairs. No, it's not 77 pairs. Oh, it's not. It would be okay. great if it was 77 pairs, though. It would still be under that 200. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care enough to ask about it. I'm just like, that's mm. weird. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's coming out. You have a week or so to enter if you're interested. Uh, if you have a, You have to have a Twitter account, obviously. Uh, again, I would have if I could have, but I, I'm not going to for ethical reasons. Looks pretty dope. Uh, I find the timing pretty funny because Cyberpunk, I think the original release date was for April, so this is probably tied to that. To uh, okay, you know, I was going to ask about that because it's got pushed all the way to what September, 
Yeah. And I didn't really read into the news very deeply because I was away this weekend. And so I came back wondering, like, why now? Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it's probably not that hard to take a 2080 Ti Founders Edition and slap a new backplate with a new coat of paint on it. But it probably was in the works for a little bit. So it's my guess would be it's bad timing due to the delay. But mm. you can get it now and be ready for ray tracing when the game comes out in September. Though by that point, there might be even faster graphics cards available. So Ooh, we'll have to see. <laughs> well, if they look yeah. like that, uh, I'm very excited. That is. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah. I mean, can you really imagine nice. I'm doing a build around that? It would look so good. Uh, I mean, you got to know that people uh, or uh, companies are going to have um, that somebody has to have a, a cyberpunk like case mod out or right maybe nzxt somebody's got to be you can, doing i mean you can always commission it there's you yeah. know people who oh, it's a smooth creations other other shops that do that kind of customization i'm hoping uh what is it uh bill bill owen i believe at uh mnpc tech does awesome custom things he gets yeah. commissioned by sometimes to do them i'm hoping he gets pinged for one of these because mm. that would be awesome mm. i still love his what the star trek one that was like milled yeah. out with the insignia and all that so good oh, yeah he did uh, one for Metro as well. It turned out great. Uh, Brad, uh, you know, there, there's there been a little rumblings that uh, maybe GTC is when the uh, the new GPUs are going to come out. What, what do you think about that rumor? Um, I don't think we'll see consumer GPUs at GTC, which is different from GDC. It's kind of confusing. They're both at the same time of year. GDC yeah. is the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. It's where a bunch of game developers get together and talk about developing games. Uh, GTC is an NVIDIA event specifically focused on graphics technology. It's so, actually down in San Jose, too. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so they're down in San Jose, where, whereas excuse me, GDC is up here at Moscone. Mm. Oh, it's Moscone. I always said Moscone in my head. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so GTC is NVIDIA's event. Uh, in their recent financial call, uh, Jensen teased, hey, you know, maybe go to GTC, GTC, you won't be disappointed. So that's where some of those rumors came from. Well, shouldn't he always uh, say that, though? Shouldn't he always want yeah. people to go to GTC, <laughs> to be fair? Exactly. He, he also said that RTX laptops are going to be the most popular console in the world. Yeah, because that. apparently laptops are consoles now. But whatever, what? he says He says a lot. Don't tell Gordon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm uh, banking that one for later. Yeah. <laughs> It made me just go, eh, eh, cock my head, be like, okay, whatever. Well, I'm on a long weekend. I'm not bothering with this. According to the past, have they ever announced new consumer GPUs at a GTC? I would not expect to see a new consumer GPU. I wouldn't be surprised to see details about the new architecture, potentially in big, badass data center version. Like before Turing came out, uh, it never came to consumers, but there was Volta. Volta was the name of the architecture, and they were all... Like uh, uh, the Tesla cards were based on Volta, and those were, I believe, announced at GTC or at least shown off first at GTC, and they give some high-level looks at the architecture. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that at GTC. Hey, here's our Tesla. You can pay ridiculous amounts of money for it if you need it for ray tracing or you know data stuff. Uh, here's the basics of how our architecture work. And then that's the start of the dribble to somewhere maybe mid-year, I would expect, to start hearing more about consumer GPUs. Because like I've said on here before, I wouldn't be surprised if they have their next gen out before the holidays, sooner than later, to get ahead of AMD's console blitz. Yeah, I think that's typical. And remind me or refresh me on this, Brad, if I might be wrong, but I feel like the 
one or two maybe times that I've seen them release a consumer-ish card. It was like it was a Titan and it was already like existing architecture. So it wasn't like a new like. Yep. That was at. That was at GDC, not GTC. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, doing, I'm guilty of the very thing that you just tried to prevent people yeah. from doing. Don't mix up the but two. That's why, that's why we took the time to explain it. But uh, yeah, so at GDC one year, uh, Jensen walked into a talk by Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic, I believe it was. That's and what it was, okay. Had the Titan X and signed it, gave it to him, walked away. That's and, right, hey, okay. There's the Titan X. I knew you remember better than I did. <laughs> yeah. It's the last Titan I've ever got my hands on, so I still got it over there. <laughs> well, do you think uh, Do you think people are going to be switching to NVIDIA GPUs after after all these problems with uh, with 5700 cards oh, in the news, right? Oh, seamless transition. Boom, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough week for AMD's Navi architecture. So last week, uh, first Adored TV did a big video on it about the issues he's been having with uh, Radeon software, black screen bugs, other things. Uh, Hardware Unbox a few days later did a big video. Uh, they put a poll out asking their subscribers on Twitter, you know, have you ever had an issue with an AMD card? And of the people who answered with their it's software specifically, uh, and of the people who answered yes, they had an AMD card, it was almost 50-50 that they had some sort of issue. Uh, be it a black screen bug is pretty common, I guess, with Navi. Uh, you know, just you have to reset it, screen's going blank, all kinds of different issues, you know, weird colors on the screen. Uh, I've still never seen it. Uh, hardware and box they reported on it they say they've been using the cards as daily drivers they've still never seen it but there are tons of reports out there and last week they got very much publicized uh, especially they've been blowing up on the AMD subreddit so hmm. interesting times and then Valentine's Day Friday news dropped before the long weekend uh, Asus specifically with its uh, ROG Strix 5700 series cards They've been having problems with overheating on it. Again, Hardware and Box actually did a very great video based on it. Uh, but a, uh, Asus put out a blog post Friday night uh, saying that, yes, there it turns out there are high temperatures. Uh, people who had been suffering from the problems found that if you tighten the screws or add new screws or add washers, tightening the pressure, it can make it better. Asus said after they started getting all these reports, they investigated it, uh, they can confirm, and they actually pointed the finger at AMD. They said that AMD tells them in its design documents and engineering documents for the 5700 series to, uh, let me find it, to have PSI for the mounting screws, for the to uh, mount the cooler to the graphics card and everything, uh, to have a PSI between 30 and 40 is what AMD recommends. Asus says that in its testing after this came to light, it finds that 50 to 70 PSI is better. And if you go over 75, which some people are doing in the jerry-rigged fixes, it could be an issue. It's over-spec. So I guess, yes, it is an issue. They're putting the blame on AMD. Uh, I noted I did an article today uh, that this isn't a widespread issue. Uh, Other card manufacturers aren't having the issue. So maybe Asus should have done more testing before they released the product, uh, or maybe they just didn't do as much as competitors. I'm not sure. Rogs Tricks is usually pretty great, and this is actually it's still a solidly built card. 
but yeah, they're going to be starting as of January. They'd started releasing all their ROG Strix models with a new mountain screws so that it gets to that 50 to 70 PSI. And if you already bought one and you're seeing higher temperatures, you can bring it into an ASUS service center and they'll mount the new screws for you. So, yeah, weird couple weeks for AMD news. So, Brad, I'm, I'm kind of curious. It's not really typical for companies to publicly point the finger at other companies like that. No. Do you think that it's an um, indicator of just how much chaos was going on behind the scenes before the launch that uh, ASUS is just, just so exasperated that they're doing this? It's real weird because Asus, I would think, is one of the bigger companies out there. They're one of the few mega companies that make both AMD and NVIDIA cards. And I, I, Excuse me. Whenever graphics cards are released, Asus tends to be one of the first companies to support them. They tend to be the among the units seated by AMD and NVIDIA itself to reviewers. So it's surprising to see. Uh, but yeah, Navi, it sounds like came in kind of hot. Uh I don't know. For me, we haven't seen it with any other company, so it feels like even though they're pointing the finger at AMD's documents, that might be technically true, but I feel like they maybe dropped the ball a little bit on testing and QA beforehand. Uh, If you look at Hardware Unboxed's video, the the original mounting screws are actually so loose that he grabs the card and squeezes it, and it flexes. So you can see it. And he went back to retest it, two or three months after his original review. He originally reviewed it when Navi launched and was seeing, like, I think he said 76 degree temperatures uh, under a certain load. And when he went back to retest it, it was up to 86 because the the screws, the mountain was so loose, the card is so big and heavy that gravity was making it separate. He could reach it there and actually push the card back together and get back to the original temperature. That's crazy. So (laughs) that's a major issue. Uh, good on Asus for fixing it because that is a major, major issue, especially because the ROG Strix is like a premium top of the line, like one of the most expensive models. To me, that doesn't sound like an AMD issue. That sounds like an Asus issue. Yeah. People in the chat seem to be down on, uh, Asus, uh, AMD cards, but you, um, the ROG Strix. Oh no, I'm thinking of the Sapphire. The Sapphire is the one that you recommend I, right now right? yeah i had the sapphire oh, okay yep. yeah, yeah. i'm actually testing i don't know if you can see it back there xfx models right now too nice uh and we'll have a review for those hopefully this week uh but yeah so just uh continue on that for a bit when hardware and box they did one of the jerry rigged solutions to tighten the screws more after they noticed that pressing it together fixes it so they <laughs> did it with screws and washers and whatnot and they actually found that when they did that uh the heat sink itself was taking more heat from the, the top heat sink was taking more heat from the GPU. So the GPU temperatures went down, but it was dissipating it over to the memory. So the memory ran a bit hotter, like 10 degrees hotter, I believe it was. Wow. So basically, they, it, the heat shifted from the GPU to the memory. Uh, I haven't tested the ROG Strix 5700 myself. Uh, I haven't seen any reviews of this new look, newly you know, mounted model. Uh, but what we're going to have to see if that affects, if the fix affects memory temperatures the way it did with hardware and boxes, jury rig fixed. Uh, and if so, uh, you might not be able to get as much of memory overclock, I would think, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Do you also have to worry about longevity for the card though? If I mean, temps are just that running should- warmer. 
in general? It's in 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 theory, higher temperatures can degrade chip life in all chips, but both of those are still well within spec. Uh, they're just much higher than you would expect to necessarily see on such an especially high end graphics card. Like people paid a lot of money for this. I think it was is four hundred and thirty dollars now. I think it was four hundred and sixty or four hundred and seventy dollars at launch. At which point you're basically deciding to get this strict specifically over a more powerful twenty seventy super. So you would hope that the cooling solution would be up to par. And it sounds like there was some sort of major mix up there between AMD and Asus. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone's happy right now. And I'm no. you know, the biggest thing that I'm wondering after hearing about all of this is how, you know, the uh, DIY approach to fixing it, how are you supposed to actually gauge a proper PSI? Yeah, that's if I had the card and I wasn't seeing issues with temperatures, I would just leave it alone. Uh, they say you can bring it into an ASUS server center or have it sent to an ASUS server center starting in March. So not right now, but in a week or so, and they'll replace it for you. I'd probably recommend that because <clears throat> from the numbers that ASUS put out, they put out a graph show and stuff. Hmm. Uh, their maximum suggested PSI is 70. And once you hit just 75 is when it starts to be over spec and you're seeing stuff. So I would, I would maybe leave it in their hands to fix the problems yeah. they caused. So... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I was just I was just wondering myself because if people were taking it upon themselves to fix it, like almost like a sort of akin to the whole Red Ring of Death thing, where people were baking yeah. their Xbox 360s. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, well, hi, wait, how do you actually measure that so you don't damage your card? Because <laughs> you over tightened it. Too late. When I had the Red Ring of Death, I used to actually have to. I could pile stuff on top of the thing, and so it would put pressure on the uh, console, and it would uh, make it nice. <laughs> nice. So don't don't do that to your Sus graphics card; they'll fix it for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, back on the the driver stuff, we, you know, we, we got yeah, a lot of people in the like chat, yeah, worrying about uh, drivers and saying that AMD drivers have been bad for a long time. I thought I thought for a while the tide was turning. I thought, yeah. you know, the uh, for it, it felt like for a good couple years, people are like, hey, you know what? Actually, they they're almost up to date. Also, the the software I can't remember the name of the software they use, kind of like GeForce Experiences like, is uh, it's called Radeon Software. Radeon yeah. Software, yeah. yeah, Crimson. Oh, okay, that's what I was yeah. saying. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it seems like uh, seems like people still feel uh, pretty burned by it. Um, what, what do you what are your thoughts? I know you said you haven't had anything hardware related, but software. I haven't had any. I haven't had any issues with AMD software myself. I haven't used it as a primary driver in my primary rig so i don't use it day to day like a lot of people do i haven't seen any issues on our testing rig but our testing rig is uh a dedicated system free from bloat and everything to try to show the cards in their best you know best case scenario kind of a deal and work down from there so it doesn't have all the extra software and stuff installed on it that your system at home would and it sounds like some of the issues stem from software conflicts with those, because in a statement that AMD gave to Hardware Unboxed, they said that some of the black screen issues are caused by using hardware acceleration in like Chrome and Discord, if that's open at the same time that you're gaming. So the GPU splitting it up between them. Hmm. Uh, that could be an issue, which is not something I ever do on my test rig. Uh, so things like that. They say they're actively looking into the issue. Uh, I do want to say, though, that AMD software is a lot better than it used to be in general. This is clearly something's going on. 
with the fact that it's so random and variable, it seems like it's just something to do with the random do-it-yourself nature of PCs. Something seems like it's not playing right with Radeon software, and they haven't figured it out yet. Again, I haven't seen it. Uh, but AMD drivers used to be like a pile of garbage, like flaming hard garbage. <laughs> but three or four years ago, when Raja Kadori was made the head of Radeon, they made like Radeon Software, the Radeon Technologies Group 1, and Radeon Software underneath that 2 into its own group. And they've really stepped up since then. Uh, the drivers are leagues better than they used to be. Uh, day one drivers, re- release day drivers, are for pretty much every major title you'll find them these days. It is a big step over what it used to be. But software issues are like the silent killer because there are still a lot of people who refuse to buy Radeon cards because of that five or six year stretch where they were just back in the catalyst days they were just garbage drivers and people were like i can just buy an nvidia card and it works and hardware and box says that of the forty nine thousand people or whatever that replied to them a lot of people said that like we took our 5700 xt because it was getting all these black screen bugs and other things and i just returned it and went and got a 2060 super instead and it's been working fine and once you have an experience like that uh you know that leaves a black mark in your mind for a long time yeah so hopefully amd figures this out Again, I still haven't seen it, so I can't really talk firsthand, but it sounds like a decent amount of people. I'm not sure if it's actually 50% like was the case in Hardware Unboxed's poll, because that's a Twitter poll, highly unscientific, although that's a big sample. There have been a lot of complaints on Reddit and other forums as well. There is something going on. They say they're looking into it. Hopefully they can figure it out soon, because software is the the thing that'll turn people away from A&D, not just now, but when the next generation of cards come out, they'll be like, I can just get an NVIDIA card and it works. Why would I, you know, be a beta tester for Radeon software again? Yeah, we got a couple of people in our chat saying the same thing, that uh, that they will never buy an AMD GPU because of that, or have returned theirs. So, Do you think, Brad, that this is an isolated situation with just this particular um, GPU, or do you think that this is also a sign of, like, the, because of the change in leadership when it comes to who's managing the software group? Uh, it's a new, it's obviously a whole new architecture. I think it has to do with that. Whenever you move to a new architecture, things are a little wonky. NVIDIA, when the GeForce 20 series came out, RTX cards first came out, you know, there's, they had some issues, none quite this widespread or noticeable when those cards came out and their drivers for the first few months, but they got ironed out quickly. At this point, you know, uh, Navi released in summer. So to see people still reporting that these are not necessarily widespread, but widespread enough, uh, that's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah, I think it has bummer. to do with the architecture change. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So, well, Yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully uh, we don't see something like that on the xbox and the playstation 5 but I doubt they that tend to happen. use their own software yeah yeah i doubt that would happen because they're working so closely with all the components that they would not allow yeah. such a situation to happen because the whole point of a console is that it's plug and play you literally plug it into the wall you connect the controller and you're off to the races i wouldn't be surprised if amd is a smaller company than nvidia and intel i wouldn't be surprised if a decent chunk of their engineering and support resources are working on that happening right now. And maybe that's why this hasn't been 
smoothed out yet. <laughs> Definitely a possibility. Well, Brad, uh, I have a question. Um, how well do uh, Radeon cards work in an eGPU? <laughs> Pretty well, uh, as long as they don't get a black screen bug. Oh! Touche. So, yeah, actually, this is something I wanted to talk about. It, it's funny, j- just as I wrapped up my monitor quest, uh, now I, I have a new quest to go on. <laughs> yeah, okay, so explain this to me, because I actually had no idea you were on this new journey. Yeah, so well, it's it's very the new. Backstory so, to it. Uh, I I've, I've actually I've, I've been a little a uh, little worried to bring it up. Uh, really? Yeah, just because. Uh, so I, s- some people might know I, I currently I, I moved uh, or recently I moved to a a new place. Uh, it's actually uh, quite smaller than our other place. I mean, square footage wise, probably not. But uh, our last place was like a, a big open floor like loft layout, so I had room for a full desk and and everything. But in our new layout, the the way we have it configured, it looks like I'm probably not going to have room for a dedicated desk, um, which means I'm not going to have room for a, a personal tower. What? Can you just uh, leave it on the floor? Well, I mean, but uh, then I'd have to have a monitor, mouse, and keyboard. Like I'm saying, like oh, you I, have I don't room have for like absolutely no desk at all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in in the way, or I mean, uh, that we could. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like we could, but then it'll be in a weird spot, and then it, it's going to take up a lot of room. You know, so like it, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, well, uh, I'm I'm not super married to it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I I'd love to have a PC, and it, and it really. Uh, would would make me feel like less of a of a person if I didn't have a a full PC tower at home, uh, but you know maybe there are other options. I, I think I had talked to you about you know maybe uh, building a, a small form factor to to yeah, put under the TV or something. Uh, but then I was like, oh, well, what about the eGPU stuff? Because yeah. you know I have access to to nice nice laptops here at work, and you know and uh, I don't I don't need a gaming laptop necessarily if I can just use an eGPU. So. Uh, and I was like, and it's, I mean, it's a lot cheaper to get into. Uh, so it, it's one of those things where I was looking around and I mean, there are like roundups of like best eGPU and stuff like that, but some of them are old and, and it looks like, like they're, they're not updated that often. So for me, like I've been trying to figure out like, okay, is that even a, is that even a good solution to go down? Uh, I actually saw an article recently from, uh, uh, was it Tech Radar? I think so. Saying like, oh, you, you know, don't get an eGPU. You should either commit, do a full tower or get a, a full gaming laptop. And, and I don't I, agree with that at all. Yeah. Personally, I don't want to get a gaming laptop. Like I, like, I mean, I, I guess I could. But I like the idea of being able to have it portable, <laughs> you know, like still use it as a laptop rather than just a, a desktop replacement. So, I mean, I, that's an option. But also, I mean, a dedicated gaming laptop is a lot more expensive than an eGPU if I already have a laptop. A lot heavier, man. That, don't, don't underestimate that weight like you were saying. Like gaming laptops are heavy. Yeah. And when they're not, like, what is it? The MSI, GS, whatever number they're on now? 75. Yeah. yeah, 75, like four pounds. Sure. But you are going to be sacrificing some performance for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've used some some good gaming laptops for sure. But I mean, <laughs> you're not going to be able to, to push the way that I'm used to with a tower. Right. You know, and, and some people are saying, hey, you know, hook it up to a TV, which I mean, that, that was one of my ideas. But then you kind of 
you 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 still have that problem of like I know Hayden had reviewed what was it the lap dog like a mm-hmm. like a, a a mouse and keyboard pad that you can sit a, yeah. on the couch like I I mean it, it's weird working off a TV yeah it's really weird I mean especially it's like for me at home I do probably like eighty percent gaming twenty percent work so like in that twenty percent that TV would just be really weird and also the other point I mean it, f- with an eGPU you can still put an output of the 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 gpu to a tv so i I could have the best of both worlds i could work on a laptop or if i wanted to hook up to the tv i still could with a you know with a dedicated uh you know console or uh pc sorry oh boy oh boy dedicated pc under the tv uh it's already working on yeah yeah which is maybe just a console who knows uh yeah then uh yeah it, it seems like the eGPU is the better way to do it but yeah, I mean, I know you you've tested some eGPUs, right, uh, uh, Brad? Is this is, is this a stable thing to to even go down? Yeah, you can definitely work. Uh, to me, like what you're saying for your personal scenario, like you seem like the ideal eGPU user to me. Like you want a light portable thing to be able to go with you and then just come home and play games. Uh, that sounds great. It's a lot easier now than it used to be. Now that external GPU docks are actually a thing, you don't have yep. to like jury rig weird setups. Like we have a guide to setting up external graphics card because one of our contributors did it for years, and that was before external graphics cards happened. And if you have an older laptop, you can still do it, but you got to use the technique. And it involves like buying weird things off of like AliExpress and figuring out specific models and stuff. Now, if you have a USB C equipped Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt three, yeah. Yeah, Thunderbolt equipped uh, laptop. You can just spend a couple hundred bucks on an eGPU, put a graphics card inside, and so get gaming. I haven't tested them extensively in a while now. And the last time that I did it, I was using a mid-range card. I know at least before with the the weirder esoteric setups, uh, you would lose a decent amount of performance because reduced PCIe lanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how it works out with these uh, USB-C external docks. I do know you are looking to lose some performance. Mm-hmm. So maybe don't get a 2080 Ti and stick it in there. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a solid mid-range experience, I think that this sounds great for you uh speaking of mid-range i I didn't realize a couple companies out there actually make uh external gpus like paired with a an actual gpu i I think it was uh asus who makes one or gigabyte like a bundle set gigabyte asus they both do zotac does as well yeah they do like a a a mid-range card uh stuck in there so it's built to it so like you can't swap out your own gpu you can't swap out but it makes the size like appreciably smaller uh but i i don't like that i want to be able to yeah, it almost seems yeah. like the whole purpose, or at least for me, like in my perspective, that the whole purpose of doing something like this is to, to give yourself the flexibility of being able to swap out for a newer generation card down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of people in chat saying uh, latency as well as uh, as the, the GPU loss of the mm. performance. Uh, you know, I, don't I, know. I, I haven't I've never tested tried them. It. I haven't tested them super duper extensively. But when I was just playing standard non-competitive games over EGPU on a mid-range card. So non-competitive as in like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, RPGs, stuff like Mm. that, you know. Uh, I had no issue with latency whatsoever. I didn't try it like at a CSGO 
360 hmm. hertz monitor level. <laughs> but for just playing games, I mean, it works so, fine. Like even for first person shooters, it's like a single player mode is still fine, right? Yeah, yeah, I had no issues whatsoever. I'm not as sensitive to it as some people are. I mean, I do notice it like if I'm playing over a game streaming service or something like that. But yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the, the other option, too, is that uh, I actually used uh, an external GPU uh, for using our, our capture cards uh, when we went to stream live from uh, Corsair a couple months ago. So, like, having the, the work uh, aspect of it as well is pretty nice, because uh, there's other things you can obviously do with the external GPU. For me, the, the other part, too, is like, okay, then then I'm limited to storage uh that's on the laptop which it's always nice to uh-huh. have a, a ton of game storage right if you get a fancier one of the fancier models of eGPUs the external graphics card docks uh some of them have room for extra SSDs and stuff in there so oh really you can uh put another SSD in there load it up with just your games so your games aren't even taking up storage on your main laptop hmm. well the yeah the the but the one that seems to to probably be the uh the best all-arounder is the the Razer Core X uh, not the Chroma, just because it's like a hundred more dollars just for some ports yeah. and some lights. Uh, but the yeah. RGB makes everything better. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I I need to look more into them. I need to to do a little more research. But it's like you know, I have pretty much all the rest of the hardware. I just need to to get an eGPU. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it just you know, if I feel it's weird though, like not having a tower at home. It, I it am a little surprised weird. that yeah. you would be willing to give up your tower, yeah. and more specifically, that you'd be willing to give up your monitor. Given just, I know you say that you're only doing twenty percent work versus eighty percent gaming, but I do feel like, uh, given how much you raved about having multiple monitors at CES when we were working on the road, yeah. you going to like a dedicated uh, setup just like that permanently. I don't know. Like, I think you might really miss having what a four K monitor i mean for yeah from a uh a 15 inch to a or from a 27 inch to a 15 inch that's, that's definitely rough yeah. man yeah yeah i don't know i mean we'll we'll see it's uh it's curious uh you know or i could so just are you actually gonna put the dock like if you don't have a desk for a pc where are you gonna put well, the I'm, dock I'm, I'm gonna use the the, the uh, dining room table so I, I would just like you know bring it out and set it up every time i i, I want to uh it should do be some yeah, yeah. I, I, from what I've heard, it, it, it seems like it'd be pretty easy. Just you know, plug both things in, and and you're you're good to go. Uh, and I mean, most of the time, most of the time, I'm on a controller anyway, so it's not like I need to set up a <laughs> full mouse and keyboard setup either. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll probably have a mouse connected to it, but in the times that I need to, I'll just use the the laptop uh, pad. But yeah, I'm. I don't know. It's it. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and no, I'm not going to buy a thousand dollar Apple stand uh, for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's eGPU setups can be a little bit more expensive, but for situations like you're talking, I think it's ideal and worth it because not everyone has room. Not everyone has desire to have a big ass gaming PC in their house. Like to be able to spend two hundred and thirty, three hundred bucks on something like this. Like I said, some of them have room for storage inside. There's some that have like Thunderbolt and USB 3 ports, so you could put external storage to it too, so it's effectively mm. the same thing. Mm. Like for the right use case, I think they're great. Yeah. Can we can we go back to that article you mentioned just for a second? Yeah. Because I 
I just got to say, I find it really strange when people take away options from people, from like telling other people to ignore options. I think this is great that you have people who can really make use of a gaming laptop. You have people who can really make use of a full tower or just, you know, standard desktop tower. And then now you have this other option, eGPU. So you don't have to choose one of these other options that not, that might not fit your scenario or your situation as well. I just, yeah. it really kind of gets under my skin a little <laughs> that someone would say this. Like the whole be, point of the PC is that we have options. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like the whole point of the PC is to have options. And I don't know, like to say, hey, don't bother doing this. Nobody needs it is like as anti PC as they come, I feel. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The, the Like the, the article, which I, it's five days ago on Tech Radar, uh, titled Don't Buy an External Graphics Card, Just Build a PC or Get a Gaming Laptop. Seriously. Um, yeah, you know, point out to hey, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna lose some performance, uh, you know, and then the price and stuff, and the, and some of this was sparked by Lenovo showing off the the um, oh, I can't remember the, the one model of theirs? number. Yeah, well, yeah, they yes. they had the the gaming laptop that didn't have a GPU in it. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Yeah. I actually wrote about that, and I forget the yeah, name of the card myself. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's 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 a curious thing. I, I I like that idea, and yes, you're you're giving up some performance so you know i mean we'll, we'll see with that but you know they're saying hey for the same price of the the thing that they spec'd out um an alienware m15 is gonna blow it away but arguably you are still losing some performance when you go to mobile versus desktop i know they say they're supposed to be a bit close to parity now but it's not true that yeah. it's like exactly the same and some people so. are saying that in the chat that um that yeah you know like like some of these laptops have the built-in options are, are just fine enough but when you're coming from a, a full tower it's oh you know it's hard to give up <laughs> it, it really is hard it's hard yeah. to give up and there are going to be some people who don't want to game when they're on the road like they don't need the laptop to be a gaming laptop they only want to do it when they're stationary and plugged in at home yeah like that's why i think like adam you're a great use case and i think what you're saying applies to a lot of people because a lot of people game these days a lot of people also need to take their laptop to work and have it with them for eight hours a day and bring it with them on the bus or wherever, however they travel. And to be able to have a two to four pound laptop that you can just easily carry around, like, and then be able to come home and plug in and play mm-hmm. games, like, to me, that that's worth a little extra expense. That's worth worth losing 10% of your frame rates if it means that you're not miserable or at least you're significantly more comfortable just carrying around your small laptop all throughout your 10 hours of work a day or whatever. Yeah, and we we actually have some other people in the chat saying, hey, just just rely on GeForce Now. And it, it, <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad option. Not a bad option, but... Is it, though? I mean, come on, like, data caps. Oh, wait, you're well, on actually, Sonic? yeah, you're on Sonic I'm, on, I'm on Sonic. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so it would work for you. It would work for me, except for the the limited library. Like that's mm. you know, like it for me. GeForce Now is still a good supplementary sup, supplementary. Uh, stumbling yeah. on that word uh, thing where yeah. I, I don't think I can just rely on GeForce Now. Uh, yeah, that's a little a little too far for me to go uh, in in this quest. But I mean, if, for me, I'm you know, it's I'm I'm pretty much only playing on PC or a Switch, you know. Uh, anyway, so like GeForce Now is one of those nice things to have um, and one of those things to to mess around with right now. But it's still also a wait and see thing too. Um, you know, maybe, maybe one day, but yeah, we'll see. If you wind up pulling the trigger on this, I want to, I want to 
check in later down the road. Yeah. You know, like what living with this, how'd it go? Yeah, for sure. Whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, yeah, it's not something I'm going to jump into too quick yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm having that itch to, to play some PC games and just don't have the option, you know? Uh, I mean, I guess I can put my tower up to my TV right now just for the the midterm, but uh, it's ugly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I hate. I don't hate because I do it sometimes. But a lot of games that are built for PC, even if they have console versions, the interface on the PC is built for sitting a foot away, not ten feet away. Mm-hmm. So like the text can get super wonky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and real quick. Uh, th- one of the questions I had, you know, you say it bumps it down to, to four lanes, so it'd be better to go mid-range. I mean, what, what do you think is, like, the best kind of card to, to target for an eGPU? Not that I was going to get um, a 28 Ti, but... <laughs> yeah. Again, I haven't extensively tested it myself. I'm just speaking off of general knowledge. Uh, but I think it's telling that if you look at, like, Gigabyte's Aorus, and, like, if you look at the ones that, like, Zotac and Asus they put out, they tend to top out around the cards that are like 2070 ish level. So pretty high end. You're going to lose some there. Uh, for me, I would think you get a real nice solid 1080p or a 1440 gaming card. You'll be good to go. So if you look up our best graphics cards, like topping out around the 2060, 5700, 5700 XT, I think that's probably what I, I think you'd probably get the most bang for your buck is term in terms of what you get versus what you paid versus how much performance you're losing right. oh, wait just want to go over one point real quick so thunderbolt 3 caps out of by 4 there's no by 8 no then? no that's uh i'm not sure what thunderbolt is that's with the other external gpu setups i'm not sure about the specifics of oh, okay. thunderbolt i can't talk about that at the top Adam will find yeah. out during his journey. Well, yeah. I just pulled. I just pulled it up. The article that we have: uh, how to use the external graphics card with a laptop. It's like six pages. It's many thousands of words. Yeah. But the actual external GPU doc one is just the first page because it's that much easier compared to what we had before. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's really just plug and play. Drop yeah. in the card, close the enclosure, pu- plug it into the laptop, or even if you have like a NUC type thing that supports it, and off to the races. Good to go. Hmm. All right, yeah, fun times. GPU, uh, GPU related episode today. Yeah, uh, and speaking of uh, GPUs, we uh, we're gonna roll into questions. The the first one, Ashen, uh, friend of the show, Ashen asked all the way back at the beginning. I'm getting back to it now. They uh, they asked, uh, do you think the PS5 will have adaptive? uh, Let me try that again. Do you (laughs) think PS5 adaptive sync will work with G Sync monitors? Uh, not the ones that are out now. Uh, G-Sync monitors. There's a second generation of them, I guess, that are coming out. I think it's TFT Central has done a lot of good reporting around this, where they have a slightly different hardware module that does play nice with Adaptive Sync, not just G-Sync now. So if you have one of those newer G-Sync ones, I think there's only one or two models out right now, but it should be more common going forward. That would work with it. Uh, I'm not sure about existing. I don't think existing G-Sync monitors will work with it. All right. PS5, Adaptive Sync. Do, do we really think they're going to try to 
lean too heavy in, in adapt to sync and high refresh rate. They've talked about it, but it's usually you kind mean of to like service. go up against uh, the, Xbox, the upcoming Xbox. Well, I'm just saying both. Both have kind of talked a little bit about you know adapt to sync and, and high refresh rate gaming and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I think Microsoft is leaning into it because they, I mean, under Phil Spencer, they've really embraced the whole idea that. We're all one big, happy Microsoft gaming family. So PC, Xbox, it doesn't matter. As long as it's one of those things that Microsoft touches, then yep. it's all good. So they're they're kind of bringing in aspects of the PC into the console experience. I I, I think Adapt, Adaptive Stick, I th- believe they've already formally announced for the Series X. They have. Uh, I don't think they have for PlayStation 5. I would expect it to be in PlayStation 5, however, just to match that feature and because AMD's in both of them and they're doing a lot of the driving for Adaptive Sync. So I would expect to see it there. Uh, As far as frame rates, don't expect this to be an 8K machine or... Anything near a 2080 Ti? Oh, but they or... said it was going to be 8K. Well, I can play 8K. What <laughs> are you talking about? It's also got ray tracing. Yeah, so. uh... you, can, you can use a GTX 1050 and make it play at 8K. You'll just get three <laughs> frames a second. <laughs> so, I'm, what I'm hoping for in the new console generation is that 60 becomes the new standard again. Get back to that because having 30s with dips into 20s is just rough. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, is that they. they... There's always they people always want it to push forward, but then they they just keep pushing the uh, the tech behind it forward. So it, it like it, it really depends on on each developer, and it's it's a bummer. Yeah, I'm actually people are getting all in a tizzy over uh, the ray tracing and the GPU inside of the new consoles. I'm most excited for the Ryze, the Ryzen CPU because it's really those Jaguar cores that are holding I games back mm-hmm. on the console side right now. So I think yeah. it's gonna make a difference. Nice. Uh, all right, here's it. We got one from a friend of the show, Dennis Siberian. Uh, is it worth spending extra money on a special gaming or office chair to use with a PC? How long, how long should the good chair last in general? Gaming chairs. What do we think? I think that if you can afford to take care of your body, you should do it. Mm -hmm. So you should have a chair that's ergonomically comfortable for you and whether that's an office chair or a gaming chair i think it's just going to depend on your body type like you're just your general frame your size your weight all of that and i don't think there's one perfect solution for anybody but definitely my my suggestion is that if you can take care of your body while you're doing your hobbies you should always do that uh, i agree and, and a good uh, bed who? go ahead a, a good bed is uh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> makes a difference <laughs> I actually I'm not a gaming chair enthusiast. Uh I'm a larger guy and I always find that they just kind of sit weird with me. I actually you probably can't see it well, but I have like a nice leather office chair. Uh and I spent, you know, two or three hundred dollars on it, but I sit at my desk eight hours a day, then I play games for a couple hours at night. Uh I agree with Elena. My philosophy is anything that I actually touch. So if it's my chair, if it's my keyboard, it's my mouse. I spend money in it because the things that you actually touch, investing more in it is such a big return on your quality of life. Yep. So I personally like being able to walk into like a Staples or something, sit in all the different chairs, figure out which one actually fits for me. And that's why I tend to go towards office chairs. Also, they tend to be sturdier for bigger guys like me. Mm. Uh, But I know plenty of people who like gaming chairs as well. Different strokes for different folks. I agree. It's worth investing. Don't sit there in a folding chair. 
Yeah. Yeah. Also, I uh, you know I am using gaming chair here. It's Secret Lab, uh, covered up by the yep. the t-shirts right now. But the um, uh, I I do like uh, I I don't like leather personally, so I like that this one is fabric. Uh, but a lot of them also have you know big logos on it and just you know like can can look real. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like you're a fan <laughs> of that chair just in terms of like ergonomics and sitting in it. I'm not like for my body, it's just very uncomfortable. So it's just one of those things that it's just, it's not a one size fits all kind of solution. for sure. You almost have to like try it out, which is it's like mattresses really. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have to just really find what find what works for your body. I had a friend who who um, was complaining to me that you know he was aching all over something wasn't feeling right and he was going to change his chair out and once he did like it got so much better for him. Hmm. So interesting. All right, well, let me let me switch to some uh, questions over on Discord. You can get your questions over on the Fulner Discord. We got a link to it in the uh, description. Uh, you can drop in a question in the Fulner Questions channel. And we will get to it uh, at any time. Or we'll, we'll get to it on the show, but you can drop it at any time. Uh, <laughs> Revo had just asked today, uh, is Fry's Electronics really going out of business? Mm, yes. Look good. Yeah. It does not look good. And all the ones in the Bay Area have, uh, yeah. have shut down. So all at least of them? I'm pretty sure all of them have shut down in the Bay really? Area. Yeah. Oh, so, I had almost. no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind We're of ignored it. Because I, it's weird. I have like a love-hate relationship with Fry's. Where I, I love what it stands for. I love that when I was first getting into PC building, it was kind of like Mecca for me because I could walk in there. But at the same time, it was always kind of weirdly organized and the clerks were often kind of sexist and um, other things like that where I was I just, yeah, I always found it much easier to purchase online and then go into the store to pick mm-hmm. it up. But I've never, I've never never been in one hadn't even heard of it before i started working here so i have oh, i love friends. yeah and it's so like the, it was really unique in that each store had like a theme and they're kind of off the wall a little bit with the theme where it's like why is this one Usually, just yeah. why is this one just full of cowboys like i don't get it yeah but it's <laughs> it looks it looks bad there's there uh, i guess they're very empty the majority of them oh yeah uh bitwit Kyle actually just did a video where he went to a couple and even the the most the most lively one was in Vegas and even it was kind of weird. Uh former PC World editor Harry McCracken just did a thread on Twitter this week where he went and visited one somewhere in California and it was just barren everywhere. So Yeah, yeah I'm, it, it's it's interesting to see uh Best Buy kind of stick around. I I also thought Best Buy was going to go the way the dodo in a lot of ways too but they, they've they almost transformed more into like a, a hands-on kind of experience like a, a, a showroom job. kind of thing yeah and i think they they are smart in that they realize that they really need to just um still seem very accessible to the mainstream because those are the people who don't know a lot about, te- about technology but need to use it mm-hmm. so as you said like if it's a showroom they can try it out they have someone to talk to it's a lot easier while still having just like a sliver of things for more enthusiast people who can't necessarily go out to a micro center or even a fries and they need to get a graphics card or you know whatever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Pour one out for fries. Um, I mean, different. <laughs> I, I'm actually sadder about this than I was about Circuit City going under. Uh, I had some good Circuit City memories, but 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that phrase ever uttered. No, right. yeah. <laughs> Nothing I, I can really I, talk I, on the air. I, so. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> oh, that just the took a turn. Stealing. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I'm the reason why they went out of business. Comp USA, what else <laughs> can oh, we yeah, add to Comp the list? USA, man. Wow. I mean, Radio Shack, you know? Yeah, Radio Shack hey, used to be real fun to go in there and look at electronics, yeah. and now it's There's just Funko Pops, right? There's still one I guess some of the little local independent retailers could keep using the name and stuff like that, so my little pissant town in the middle of nowhere <laughs> has a Radio Shack that I can go to if I ever need, like, a cable or something. That's cool. Oh, that's lucky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we got one uh, kind of... The two two people asking around the same question, uh, two blue one and the old one, both asking about Computex. Uh, anything that we can look forward to for Computex? Uh, Any early predictions? It's too early. It's I hope. I'm, early. I'm hoping that we'll see Big Davi and uh, GeForce GPUs around that time. Consumer GPUs. The next gen ones uh, at least starting to be teased, if it happens. Because right now, trade shows are shutting down left and right because of yeah, coronavirus that, fears. Yeah. That's what the first thing that I thought of was, which is my my hope for Computex right now is that it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best. It's the best show for the PC. So mm-hmm. I really hope. Yeah, and it's not even just the announcements, but it just feels like such a great celebration of the PC because you see all those really interesting mods, like people go all out with cases, and you know they have comp. Do they have competitions there? Is that the one right one yeah. I'm thinking of? Yeah, like it's just I just love that it's a celebration. Yeah, that we love. Uh, for, for those who don't know, uh, MWC, which more Mobile World Congress, which is uh, the the biggest uh, smartphone conference of the year had just got canceled i think it's supposed to go on next week it canceled it over the covid19 coronavirus fears and yeah if if that doesn't get under control it's going to have some serious impacts on maybe even computex Uh, computex is out of taiwan every year uh and yeah it's one of those things where if computex gets canceled Man, that's going to be going to be a real bummer. I'm, it yeah. is. I'm hoping that it's not the case because the difference between the two shows is that a lot of the vendors that were going to MWC were actually from mainland China, so you know Huawei with Xiaomi or whatever. Whereas uh, Computex is based in Taiwan, and a lot of the companies that do the computer components are actually based out of Taiwan as well. So it's not necessarily that they're going to be traveling from mainland China, where most of the outbreak for now is happening mm. like if it stops being contained then yes we're gonna definitely have bigger problems but if it stays as it is now where the chinese government is basically keeping the country on lockdown so that it doesn't spread further then there's maybe a better chance than what's happening with uh mwc yeah it's 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 what four months out but yeah. i mean we've already like PUBG had a big event in berlin for april that they already postponed uh facebook Either today or yesterday, announced that they had a marketing conference in San Francisco that they are canceling as well. Uh, so it doesn't matter where you're at in the world; conferences are shutting down to avoid being probably avoid being labeled as you know the one that spread coronavirus all over. The- <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> True. You don't want that. Uh- I mean, I do think it's good that people are taking the idea that since we're all globalized, you know, now that taking the idea that this could spread really quickly seriously. Just a bummer if it cancels our favorite things. 
If it does happen, though, uh, in addition to the GPU stuff that I mentioned, uh, the timing is usually right for big announcements from AMD and Intel on the CPU side. So, I mean, that would be about the time, considering that Ryzen 3rd Gen launched in the fall or late summer last year. Computex is about the time where AMD would probably start talking about next gen. Uh, Intel would have something of its own to come back and counterswing. Uh so yeah, look for big announcements out of there. Yeah. Uh you just never know what they are this early. Yep. Okay. Uh here's a fun one from uh, Bad Dog. Uh if you could lay back today and play one video game for the rest of the day, what game would it be? Ooh. For the rest of the day or my life? Yeah, like <laughs> they say like, today. Like that? Ooh, today only. Hmm. I mean, I do need to actually finish catching up on Assassin's Creed. So I probably would choose that. Yesterday, I was playing Outer Worlds, because I still haven't finished that yet, uh, when I had yesterday off. But if I had to pick one game, just in general, like, hey, what do you feel like playing today on any given day if I wasn't playing something else already? If I only had one game to play the rest of my life, it'd probably be XCOM 2. Ooh, nice. Love XCOM 2. Nice. Uh, I uh, I had a coworker who actually used to play that and then use like our names as coworkers for, <laughs> for the characters. And he would come in the office every so often and be like, sorry, you're gone. I was like, what? This <laughs> feels personal. That's funny. That's funny. I totally, I had set up my soul just to be my friends and stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just started last night, uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, what's that one about? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to play that. I've been waiting it. until it all came out, and now yeah. it's out. Like, yeah. Is it episodic? Episodic, excuse me. It was episodic. It's been coming out the past, like, five years, I think. Longer than that. Yeah. I think it was, like, 2013. Yeah, so uh, it's it's oh, very, patient, like... patient, Brad. <laughs> I, a lot of people have, yeah, including myself. Uh, yeah, I know Hayden really loves it. Um, I think he we reviewed got five it, stars. right? Yeah, we yeah. got five stars in the Editor's Choice Award, so... Yeah, it's like a, a Twin Peaks kind of, uh, you know, vibe. Very ethereal, very, you know, weird, quirky, middle America, but also a little supernatural. Uh, very, It's story-based for the most part. Uh, and yeah, so far, I mean, I just barely started it, but I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into that. If, if, if I could do that all day today, I would do that. <laughs> I like games like Rainbow Six and stuff like that too but if I was just looking to kick back and relax and just what game am I playing today it probably wouldn't be something competitive like that so <laughs> what about Willis? Hitman Hitman yeah. oh. one oh. or two uh, I haven't tried two yet but the first one I really like oh okay yeah Hitman's a good it's one awesome. classic uh, Beckstorm says they, they would be playing uh, Audio Surf which I heard uh, just got a patch even though it's been out for 14 years or something like that. Uh. <laughs> I I actually really love that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. That they still uh, are just, you know, so like just engage with it to say like, you know what, sure, here, have a patch. <laughs> if, if I was kicking back with a bunch of homies, the VR game that's kind of like Audio Surf, what is it? Beat Saber. Oh, Beat, Beat Saber, Saber, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dennis says Tetris. Uh, Ricardo says Division Two. Tetris. Uh, CC says Minecraft. Justin says Subnautica. Warlord Wassman mm. says Quake Three Arena. Uh, yeah, I yeah. used to play a lot of that back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Uh, all right, we got a, a, a question from uh, PUBG 
Varian. Uh, can you mention some common mistakes which a first-time PC builder can avoid? I would say the uh, the back panel. Being sure to put the uh, the back panel audio or um, the motherboard shield. Yeah, the motherboard shield on <laughs> before you put the motherboard in. <laughs> uh, That's a good see. one. Um, making sure the motherboard shields in is one I would say, and I'm guilty of this one. If you're using a modular PC, make sure all your cables are actually properly <laughs> seated. <laughs> I How many times have I messed up a build on this <laughs> in this set because they let me do that job? <laughs> uh, um, for me, if if, you're, if it's your first time ever buying a PC, for me the big one is to make sure that all your parts actually work together. If you go to a PC yeah. part picker, mm. like they have a compatibility mm-hmm. guide, you can just plug your parts in and it'll let you know if something doesn't fit. Yeah. Like that's a big one. That and also um it'll let you know if you're buying a motherboard that needs its like BIOS flashed to work with the CPU you're, you're choosing because if that's the case then you might put everything together correctly but it's still not going to post because you know it doesn't know how to work with that CPU and you'll have to get a boot kit. I mean, this usually is more often with uh, Ryzen. So it's I love backwards compatibility, but that makes it difficult. Yeah, so they they'll give you a boot kit, so you'll get a more modern, like a really cheap, like what is it? I don't know what line it is, like Athlon or whatever, <laughs> and that so that you can at least get the BIOS update to work, and then you would you know go through the whole process of actually installing everything. I would say also the uh, the amount of. Um uh, cooling or not cooling the uh, thermal paste. Uh, like I, I remember when I, when I first started, I was just like super nervous. Cause I was like, I, I don't, oh. I want to put enough, but I also don't want to put too much. <laughs> Steve at gamers nexus has a really good video for that yeah. where it kind of, he kind of really purposely overdoes it and then like underdoes it to kind of show you what the, the margin oh, is cool. of uh, standard deviation kind of thing where you, how far you can push the boundaries. So it makes it, it's really actually reassuring. Because you you realize that you have more leeway with it than you might think if you're a very uh, nervous builder, which I can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, uh, before we move on, uh, it's several years old, and the images might be messed up in the article now. But I actually did an article that was like 10 or 13 common PC building mistakes to avoid. Uh, if you Google that on PCWorld.com... Uh, you'll probably find a lot of good value information there. I like to think so. At least I haven't updated in several years, but the information aside from specific product recommendations, the general information should still all be current. And someone else who works with us, Ben Patterson, uh, he also did an article in the last three or so years about lessons learned from him building his first ever gaming PC. So you can look for that on PCWorld.com as well. Again, it's a few years old, but building a PC has been the same for a decade at this point. So. There's good resources out there. Uh, last tip, uh, Dennis says, don't uh, don't forget to grab a Swiss Army knife and tweezers, and then you're good to go. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, don't let anyone... Actually, another piece of advice based off of that is don't let anyone troll you with advice uh, taken from the Verge build, because hey, people... I, I got my anti-static band right here. Oh, good. good. Some, people, <laughs> some people like to do that, and, you know, if you're a first-time builder and you're very... Um, eager and wanting to take in advice you're gonna have to have a good filter yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's 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 some more good ones in the chat um so uh baninato baninato uh on discord says uh with the need for efficient cooling being the ultimate limiter on so many parts 
but especially the GPU, why hasn't there been a pushback to case manufacturers to bring back the side panel fan, or perhaps a mesh side panel? Are we just permanently trapped to have glass sides and sacrifice performance potentials for pure aesthetics? I, I know several years ago, Luke at Linus Tech Tips did an awesome, awesome, awesome video about how many fans you really need in your PC. I don't recall specifically if he had a side fan on there for testing. I think he did. But his testing showed that once you go beyond like two fans in the front and a fan in the back, so two to three fans total, the return on investment as far as actual cooling performance is concerned is like minimal, even if you like jam a bunch of T-shirts and crap like that wires in there. So I think that if you I think there's a reason that the industry got away from having side pan, uh, fans on the side panels. They don't really add a tremendous amount unless you're doing something very specialized that would need like fan right there. Uh, and it just looks better not to have it. I think most people think so. I wouldn't expect it to come back anytime soon. And I don't think we're losing a lot by not having it. I agree with that. I would say, you know, in addition to that excellent video, there's also just a ton of articles, uh, forum discussions about this. And it all basically boils down to after a certain point, you do have to trust the fact that the whole idea of like positive pressure, you know, setting up the the correct flow through the case actually will take care of a lot of the the issue with heat. And uh, as Brad was saying that, Unless you have a very specialized situation, um, going beyond that is not really necessary. And also just to to address the part of the statement or the question that's like, you know, uh, we've moved away from all this stuff. You know, in the old days, too, there was just a solid side panel a lot of times instead of tempered glass. So, yeah, it's an aesthetic change, but it's not really that much of a difference. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't really remember cases that had like a mesh or a ventilated side panel i mean you would have a side like cut out for a fan but it wasn't like the whole side was open because that messes with the idea of like the like routing the airflow through the case and out through the back if you're doing was it positive pressure yeah i had uh what was it the nzxt phantom 410 i think it was the one that looked like a stormtrooper that was so big for so many years and it had a panel on the side for it had a place you could put a fan but the mesh was only where the fan would be. So, hmm. I agree. <laughs> hmm. Oh, whoops. Uh, there is spam in the chat. <laughs> there we go. All right. Had to deal with it. Sorry about that. Um, okay. Uh, another one uh, over on Discord. Question from Master Procrastinator. Um, Great name. Yeah. Uh, have you looked into or tried the Retro Gaming 350 or OG? Odroid Go Advance. Uh, oh, it's I, a question for you. It's a question for both of us. Uh, the the portable retro gaming stuff. Uh, you know, I just did my review of the new Pocket Go, uh, which is the the bigger version of the the Pocket Go, um, and I loved it. Uh, I I'm familiar with both of these, um, but I have not personally tested them. I don't think you have either, Elena. No. no. Uh, I, I will say each one of them kind of has uh, a couple drawbacks that I would probably still prefer the the Pocket Go from what I've read. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have I don't have any hands on experience with it. Uh, so sorry about that. It's cool that we're seeing more options like this emerge, though. I felt like for a long time it was very. Um, 
the whole like retro gaming emulation stuff was very like underground. You didn't really have a lot of hardware options like this. And the fact that we're getting so many handheld type things is pretty cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I love it. Portable retro gaming emulation. Uh, and they're affordable too. Yeah. Like so usually affordable. when you're talking about like specialized, like niche things like that, like usually that stuff costs for so much, but all these things are affordable you know, it's totally worth spending thirty bucks to yeah. get awesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, mean, I would do was it the sixty for the pocket the new the pocket? new pocket go yeah. yeah yeah sixty. I mean you know it's still a, a, a it's still doable you know but and but the the experience like he you like yeah I mean different. I've been playing PlayStation One games and I mean it's not perfect game emulation. I have been running into some things mostly around sound, uh, but. Other than that, I mean, it it plays like it it's it's cool. Uh, it actually makes me really excited for maybe one day we'll get a portable Dreamcast. Uh, the pa- you know power to do Dreamcast because Dreamcast was one of my favorite consoles. Wow, oh, flying yeah. that flag, man! Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, all right, a uh, couple more questions and then we'll get out of here. Uh, the old one has a follow up to the Computex uh, question, which I thought was interesting. Uh, if it does get canceled, should I start building a PC now? They're building their first PC. Uh, do you think they mean that in the sense of they shouldn't wait for news, or they think that, or is it more they think that because Computex would get canceled, we would just see a delay in new parts? The 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 first one. So if Computex twenty twenty does get canceled, should I start building a PC now? I mean, yeah. I, I guess I'll go first, Brad. Um, so. I really don't think that the timing of a trade show should influence somebody's decision to build. I think Brad would agree with me because he, you generally say, you know, if you need it, buy it kind of thing. And it sounds like if you are going to wait for Computex, even if the trade show doesn't happen, they're still going to be releasing press releases. They're still going to have some kind of announcement. Maybe it's a stream. Maybe they invite a very small selection of press to go to some neutral location webinar i don't know but the news would come out so you would know what to anticipate and if you're willing to wait already uh then still go ahead and do that because you're able to you know get your hands on newer hardware but if you need to build now and you don't really want to wait you don't like the uncertainty then you know go ahead build now man or person i mean I don't that, gender i agree 100 percent with everything you just said if you're waiting to build a pc six months from now so you have the next generation of stuff if that was your plan just still wait for it if you're planning on trying to get as cost efficient as possible or considering you know the possibility of doing it now if you're thinking of building one of the next few months i might consider trying to build it now before computex just because we're already seeing all these companies issue Boring stuff. Financial guidance warnings about supply chain issues coming out of China. Oh, right. mm-hmm. So as time goes on, we might see the prices of PC components start to go up because of that. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the place where you're considering, you know, should I build it in six months or I could really buy one now? Should I wait two or three more months to see if things go on sale before then? You might consider buying it now if you think, you know, the impact of the coronavirus on supply chain is going to be sustained. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, the the follow up question from the same person. Uh, lots of good questions from them. Uh, what would you rather have uh, in your first PC? A uh, a Western Digital five hundred gigabyte M dot two SSD or an Intel six sixty P 
512 M.2 SSD? That Indifferent. Is, that is a great question. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head uh, what the, the drop-off rate is like for transfers, large transfers on the Western Digital, and I, I can't recall off the top of my head. So I would say that if you have a like, specific use case and like things like that, like the, the how fast your transfers are, um, if you're doing big ones, uh, I would look into the difference between those two drives because I do know that the six, 660p's one weakness is that if you have like a gigantic file you're transferring, it slows down dramatically. Mm-hmm. So, but that's like that's like forty gigabytes. Yeah, like, like they're big. huge. Like you're working on <laughs> video exports or something mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, um, if, if if you're just making an everyday PC or maybe one a gaming PC or whatever, though, I would just personally, I'd go for whichever one's cheaper. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. Uh, and we got five dollars from David Wilson. Thank you very much. Uh, question: Will the China issues change the Steam hardware numbers because Internet Cafe is shutting down? That'd be interesting. Oh, we actually Steam had its greatest numbers of users ever just a couple weeks ago because they post they prolonged uh, the Chinese New Year. From all this and so people were playing more games because they didn't have to go to work <laughs> yeah all right so maybe not <laughs> right maybe uh, maybe they're staying home and playing more <laughs> not much to do if you are basically under uh, house arrest yeah mm-hmm. uh all right a couple more uh last colossi uh asks on discord with the next gen consoles both focusing on super fast storage and developers working on games that will depend on that do you think pc games will start to require fast storage like pcie and vme drives required on pc games i don't think it'll be required uh i think it'll be optimized for faster storage maybe but you'll still be able to play it on a normal hard drive it might just take forever for levels to load or whatever yeah, my impression, too, when it came to that whole fast storage thing for console is that it's more about developers thinking, oh, now I can use, you know, textures like this or, you know, with this particular size because they no longer have to worry about those crazy long loading screens that you would get if you dumped just like a ton of information uh, on, you know, this machine for a particular level. And now they have to access it from a spinning platter so my impression was more about developers it's more like letting them free to do more creatively and make things look prettier and so on and so forth than it is about actually constraining people or forcing people to get better storage yep i think if you have a normal ssd you'll be just fine yeah cool uh, one, one last, uh, serious one and then one fun one. Uh, the old one. Oh man. Another great question. Uh, <laughs> any idea, uh, and this is for you, Elena, uh, oh, or Brad can, obviously we can chime it's in, gonna but, be about um, money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any advice on getting a budget case such as brands and quality brands and quality. Um, so I'm still like, you know, absorbing the, what the world of cases are because i was out of it for a long time and i don't really know like what the current like the nuances of the entire range are but i would say you know if you look at pc part picker you kind of have that the two two uh sub segments of what i think of as the budget range which is the super super cheap ones that are about that normally are priced at 30 dollars and under like not on sale it just is like list price 30 dollars and then between like i would say 30 to 60 is like the higher range of that um if you're going for ultra cheap i do think that new egg has some respectable cases um 
was it deep cool? Uh, there's there's yeah. cases out there that are you know respectable in that range. You're just going to be really limited. A lot of the stuff is going to be just like you know bolted in. You're not going to have like removable hard drive cages, that kind of thing. Um, and on occasion, you're still going to have to bleed for your craft <laughs> um, if like something's not filed down properly. I like to actually stay within the six thirty to sixty dollar range and just try to get it on sale. Um, and then you're looking more at like. Cooler Master, NZXT, Corsair, uh, bigger name brands that will have, uh, in my opinion, uh, that kind of nice like trickle down effect that you see. So like they'll take features from higher end cases and it's something that's been happening over the years where you're seeing nicer and nicer features kind of hit that 30 to $60 range. So my opinion is that if you can afford to wait and just kind of search uh, for a good deal, then I would, you know, you can grab uh, a really nice uh, Cooler Master NZXT Corsair. I'm missing out on at least one, a Fantex. Um, something in that, like, normally that will go for 60 You can maybe get for 45 and that's going to be a really solid case. Uh, thermal take. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> We're in spend, accord today, Brad. <laughs> yeah, 60 to $100, you can get a really solid case. Uh, I know personally, she mentioned uh, she being Elena. Uh, mentioned deep cool uh i've specifically like myself built in a case called the deep cool tesseract which isn't a looker but it has it's a decent mid tower two fans sturdy design bunch of drive bays it'll fit any graphics card i think even comes with rgb fan uh has two fans which is what you want in a pc uh, and I think the MSRP is $50, but you can find it on sale for 30 bucks often. And if you're looking to just, like, spend as little as possible, like, that's a really good, like, super low-budget case. Yeah. I would say when you're doing budget case uh, research, definitely look at it in terms of features and layout, not just necessarily name brand. Because, I mean, even the big name brand, sometimes, like, there's, like, little weird quirks about how they've laid out the case. So you can run into, uh, not a problem, but just, like, an annoyance while building. So Newegg's really great about this. You can look at all the photos because they take really detailed photos from many different angles and you kind of like get an idea what the case is like. Um, if it's a little bit more in the higher range of budget, um, I've been trying to do more case kind of teardowns like, so you can get a, like a better sense of what the case is like, where things are placed in it. Um, you look look at reviews you know, from Gamers Nexus, uh, Hardware Connects, so on and so forth. Just do some research so you can see like, you'll, like this case has two fans, this one doesn't. That kind of thing. Uh, so, so I, I just got a, a voice message from from Gordon. He he wants to talk about uh, really cheap cases. Here's what he had to say. You guys are highs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we're he, low. Yeah, he, oh, we're in a right. budget yeah, range. Yeah. He, he wants <laughs> he wants everyone to have really expensive stuff. Uh, so <laughs> Gordon just appreciates the finer things in life, and we, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was good. Anyway, Gordon Monk soundboard. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, so uh, last question. Thank you, Elena and Brad. Uh, last question is from a uh, friend of the show, Dennis, uh, Siberian. says, I have a serious question. Has Adam started watching Babylon 5 like he promised one time? Yes! Um, what? You have Check to back watch next this. week for your talk of the... Brad is going to back me on this because I know Brad I is a Babylon 5 fan. I, I saw his face. It is me too. I, I know because I made, I made a... Um, a uh, great council reference at one point, and I saw your eyes go. Ooh, I was like, "Yeah, you get me." <laughs> yeah. Okay, can I use the excuse I've been moving? No. 
No, because you tell me all the time about how much Have video you, you watch. Hey, on Bart. Willis hasn't watched. Willis did not make a public promise to do it. I can't remember. I and promised. He just did. So now he's obligated yeah, to. I, I promised it for something. I think we were. Yeah, if we got something. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I do want to get to it. It's been on sale. Like you could have bought the whole series for like twenty five dollars digitally. Oh, I gotta get you an EGP. So I'm opportun- sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to buy an EGP. No, I'll, I'll get to. I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not against. It. I actually, honestly, I just forgot. It's, uh, I need uh, to write it on just, my hand. That's so how I remember good. things. Like if you liked Star Trek Deep Space Nine and that whole like the more intricate aspects of it where it's like about the relationships between the characters a little bit more of like the politics and you know all that stuff and it still has kind of like things happening to move the plot along you will love Babylon 5 yeah, yeah so no, good I, I know I want to so try it good. I want to try it alright Brad that's it let's take us out oh check back next week for your fix of pc talk on the full nerd for audio listeners subscribe to us on itunes google play and stitcher send your questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com uh every time you do a gpu manufacturer learns how to tighten its screws <laughs> 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 leave us a review because we love it when you do yeah. Uh, thanks for hanging out. I'm Brad Charkis here with Delaney Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray. Plus Willis. And Willis. Yeah, I don't enjoy it. Adam and Willis. Ooh, take us out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Babylon Five. Yeah, we should do it. You guys could do it together. Yeah, we're just gonna. Yeah, we're just gonna go, go put it up while we watch uh, or eat some lunch. Uh, thank you, everyone. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>